With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, what's it like now with Roger Federer? He's a great guy. Absolutely. I'm, I, I got to know him actually in Dubai. Hitting with him is on a different level because it's just a very high intensity. Also, I mean, he's open to talk about everything. Also about like my, my game and what he thinks I should develop and stuff like that. Really? Just the impact was too much for my left foot toe big toe region and it just tore off yeah basically where the tendon is attached they call it turf toe and it's most common in like football so maybe you're the first ever tennis player to get turf toe <laughs> it's possible <laughs> i don't know I, I didn't find anyone else Welcome back, everybody, to another Game to Love podcast. And on this episode, we have a very, very special guest, don't we, JG? It's a very exciting one. Yeah, another one. And a man who's had an incredible 2020, uh, some great results. But let's not uh, waste any time. Let's get him straight in there. And it is Mark Andrea Huesla. Hey, welcome, Mac. (laughs) Yeah, I mean... Fantastic uh, to have you on, and especially being one of the brightest uh, young talents on the tour in 2020. I think it was an incredible year for you. Uh, I don't want to go straight into just all about the tennis. We want to just find out a bit more about you, if that's okay, and uh, a bit more about uh, what goes on behind the scenes and uh, what have you been up to in the off season uh, since sort of tennis has stopped. Yeah, no, I mean. Uh... I've, uh, I live in Zurich, in Switzerland. Um, I've lived here uh, all my life. I uh, finished school when I was 19. And uh, now since then, I've been uh, playing on the Pro Tour. Um, this season was for, by far my, my, my best season, obviously. Um, actually, it was kind of unexpected because I got an injury last November. First operation I had to undergo. And yeah, basically the corona time. Gave me enough time to recuperate, get back on track. And then in August, when the tournament streak started, it really went really well. And um, right now, I'm just um, I'm in my preseason, in the middle of it, um, trying to find out exactly when I can go to Australia or Dubai. Um, 
but um, yeah, no, I mean, things have been going really great. I'm, I'm very motivated, obviously. Um, just it showed me how important the real preparation can can be because um, I always felt like sometimes I, I play very close matches against good players, but it's different to actually beat them. And now I'm just, yeah, I'm really motivated to, to keep it up, obviously. Yeah, I mean, well, I was looking, obviously, at, back at that November and you were playing Harold Mayotte, wasn't that right? In, uh, exactly, was it, yeah. St. Dizier? Uh, what what was the exact injury that uh, took you out of that match? It was, I mean, it's actually a very uncommon injury, especially in tennis. Um, it was actually during a point, um, a long point. I remember doing a split step, like jumping up in the air quite a couple meters behind the baseline. And he did a drop shot. And then I landed on uh, basically ready to sprint forward. And um, just the impact was too much for my left foot toe big toe region and it just tore off um yeah basically where the tendon is attached ah, injury. it's a it's a turf they call it turf toe and it's most common in like football when okay. uh someone else with 150 kilograms lands on it full force oh. but to achieve that without any fr- different impact coming is yeah it was quite quite weird also i mean there's, they didn't really say there's nothing you can do to prevent an injury like that. It just seemed like it was just too much to handle. And that moment, yeah, it just uh, gave away. So maybe you're the first ever tennis player to get turf tie. <laughs> it's possible. I don't know. I, I didn't find anyone else. Also, also the doctor, like, sure, like he read up on anyone who had that tennis player. I don't think anyone in tennis has actually had that. It's actually kind of scary as well because it was just, I did, it didn't, like happened i didn't like make a wrong step or anything like when you twist your ankle you know obviously what went wrong but that was like a movement that every tennis player does like 200 times in a match yeah 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 it was well, really it's always a good sign when you're breaking records hopefully you'll be breaking other records next year and do you see that as a little bit of a blessing in disguise so to speak because since you've come back from that injury this is the best uh, wrestler that we've seen. And uh, you've had some amazing results in 2020. We've been following your uh, uh, career in 2020 so closely and both been speaking in uh, detail about you on the podcast as well. Yeah, I think it's just been so good. What do you think? Do you think blessing in disguise? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you never know what might have been uh, if I hadn't been injured. But um, no, for sure. I mean, I, I, I can surely say that I was able to use this time well. And maybe it was, yeah, it was really good. That I got to, like a break of the of the tennis scene a bit to, yeah, just also give my body time to, yeah, just athletically get better. And then, um, yeah, but when I started playing again, it was just like with no expectation. I just felt like, yeah, I mean, it's the first time I come back from injury and I just want to give my best and be happy that I can compete on the level again and hopefully achieve the same level I had before the injury. And I mean, it, it surely might have helped, but I mean, it's, it's always tough to say if it was actually now game changing. But I mean, I've just seen lots of other players like Roger, for example. I mean, he, if someone can come back, it's yeah. him. And I mean, the way he does that just basically also showed me, yeah, it's possible, you know, just I mean, it's always like if you if you use the time well, it's also always a chance. Yeah. I mean, talking I mean, about Roger, obviously, we've got to ask you, what's it like knowing <laughs> Roger Federer? Um we know, obviously, we've seen so many interviews and seen him play for so many years now. He seems like such a lovely guy. But what's your sort of experience with Federer? Yeah, I mean, no, he's a great guy. Absolutely. I mean, uh, I, I got to know him actually in Dubai when we were when practicing there for two weeks. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, he's, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Obviously, I mean, 
hitting with him is on a different level because it's just a very high intensity and then uh, you just focus with trying your best to give him a good practice obviously and then yeah but, i mean it's just very interesting to talk to just the way he sees things in practice like where what, what he values where he would now also i mean he's open to talk about everything also about like my, my game and what he thinks i should develop and stuff like that brilliant it's uh no it's it's very it's, it's very cool but i mean it's not like i I know him that well. I've seen him in tournaments, obviously in Basel. I, I got him to warm him up once because he was playing yeah. a lefty. Ah. I think he ended up losing the first set against Monorino. Ah. I was like, damn it. <laughs> I didn't do a good enough job. <laughs> yeah, I didn't do a good job, you know. <laughs> no, but that's obviously, I mean, having two great players in Switzerland is just, yeah, it's it's awesome. Because, does, I mean, does that bring a lot of pressure for you? Obviously, being a Swiss tennis player, having mm -hmm. Roger Federer, Stan Wawrinka, uh it's, it's tough boots to follow isn't it yeah for sure i mean i mean it's it has its advantages and disadvantages i'd say i mean uh, we were able to play davis cup in the world group because of them basically yeah. they were saved us kept us up and i mean there was just experiences there that i got which also helped me in my career playing against kashanov and people like that it's just yeah very good and then obviously the swiss people um yeah i mean it's not not easy to satisfy them they used to <laughs> Grand Slam titles, but um, I think you know, the people who know about tennis, they know that it's not that it's just both very uh, exceptional people, and yeah. that also the next generation is trying their best. And, I mean, you've been uh, spoiled a bit, little bit. I think. I think you've had enough Grand Slams. I think we're, <laughs> in Britain, we're trying to claw a few back. I'm now Murray's up injured. We're, <laughs> we don't yeah. know when the next one's coming. Now, yeah. <laughs> this is yeah. it. No, but but, I, but I was going to say, let's. Uh, uh, if we can go into that uh, incredible tournament that you had uh, in Kitzbühel, I mean, I know you came in as a qualifier there, and you actually came up against one of our sort of fan favorite uh, players in the first round, Attila Balage, uh, who's amazing on the clay courts, and you absolutely destroyed him six four, and then Babel top hundred player as well. Yeah, absolutely. yeah. No, I mean, that was. That was also very special because I was actually, I mean, I started my first tournament in the uh, Czech Republic, in Ostrava. Yeah. The first challenge I played after the break, I think I qualified and I lost to uh, Viktor Troitsky in the first round, like 7-5 yeah. in the third, tough match. And then I stayed there because the week after I wanted to play in Prostejov, another challenger. And I didn't get in there. I was there on Friday, signed in, didn't get in. And I was like, well, okay, damn, I didn't get in. So I guess I'm going home. So I went home on Saturday. And then uh, he actually gave me the idea to sign for Kidsville. Because I signed up for that, but I never thought that I'd end up going there. Because I thought, like, if I don't get into a challenger, there's no chance of me playing an ATP 250 event anyway. But then, yeah, I went there on Sunday. Also with the COVID testing and that, like, it was something, it's always a bit different and new. And then I, I, mean, I arrived there not thinking I was going to play. But then, yeah, I signed in. Saw myself in the draw on the same evening, so I played against Attila. I mean, in, in that kind of, I'm in a good position there because I really have nothing to lose because I wasn't even expecting to be able to play. And then, yeah, I mean, it's always easy to play matches when you're without pressure and you have nothing to lose. You can only win. And then, I mean, that match was by far, I would say, the best of my whole season. Like uh, that was, a, yeah, like I said, six four six zero victory. And I mean, I've always been a player who can be very. Um, annoying to play against say like that <laughs> <laughs> because i have a very aggressive game and i like to hit hard also returns go for very yeah, yeah i think bash billy bash billy is probably very annoyed if he's watching it <laughs> yeah for sure yeah 
and that's yeah i mean that's why i know on a good day like i can i can be dangerous for everyone and on that day against Attila, i just felt like yeah i mean nothing to lose and i really played my best tennis there i played actually tennis that i never knew that i was actually capable of to keep it up over two sets and then um yeah i mean it might have been a couple of things like it's also a bit of altitude in kids like around five six hundred meters spice yeah. bubble fall a lot we have lots of new walls which i'm not used to so it's <laughs> it's good to serve well, yeah, for you especially. I mean, uh, exactly. Yeah. Everything seemed to go your your way a little bit, but not without actual amazing hard work and getting through some really really tough opponents as well. One player we can't stop talking about is Emil Rusevori. You beat him as well in the first round of the actual tournament. What an incredible result that is! Because he's a really really rapidly rising young talent on the ATP circuit right now, and you beat yeah. him in three sets, but. What a match that was as well. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, that was surely a match. I mean, it was 7-6 in the third. Yeah, for sure. I got a bit lucky in there in that one. <laughs> I remember it was set breakdown. I think 6-4, 3-1 down. Not playing yep. my best at all. Because of, I felt like I started thinking in that moment a bit again. Because, yeah, I qualified for a main event of a 250. And then, obviously, I also know Emil. Uh, I saw him on the Challenger Tour a couple of times. So he just wiped out everyone. Yeah, and um, but there again, I mean, I just tried to stay in the match, uh, tried to get in the match, and then suddenly I was in the third set, and then in the third set I was actually, yeah, not not say the upper hand. It's not like I had big break chances, but I was actually keeping my service games pretty clean. And then, yeah, I mean, in a tie break of a third set, I mean, everything can happen. It's just staying, yeah, trying to stay calm and just. Uh, you must fancy yeah. your chances though when it gets to the tie break because uh, being like a a bit taller with that massive serve and plus being a lefty as well you got that whipping serve out into the backhand side on the ad side which uh see it works so well for you yeah for sure i mean it's uh it's i mean for, for a player like me it's uh basically it's a serve that you, you have to have in your repertoire and yeah yeah i mean it's good because i mean i actually don't have a favorite serve like uh, i feel like i can serve in basically depends on the day which corners of the serve i hit i prefer hitting so it's like someday it's something else the next day it's the other thing again so it's that's good it keeps your opponent always guessing as well and um, yeah, like i said russo Bori was easy. he had a brilliant 2019 on the challenger tour was wiping everyone out then after that you played some more experienced members of the tour <laughs> and beat them as well how impressive beating obviously fabio fanini in the next round and then after that, Feliciano Lopez. Oh, yeah. I think the Lopez one's super impressive as well. I think the Fanini one, he was coming back from injury. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I knew. I mean, there again, I mean, I thought, like, okay, I get play against Fanini. That's great. I mean, obviously, it's kind of a dream, like, to see yeah. what's possible. But then again, I knew. I mean, he, I mean, I also just come back from injury. I knew. It's on clay as well, remember? Fanini on yeah. clay. It's incredible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, just knowing that, I mean, yeah, I mean, he's beaten rough on clay and stuff like that. But yeah. then I also knew that it was. My first tournament I played in Switzerland, I actually lost, I think, in the third round here against a Swiss junior. And I was also not playing well at all, obviously, after a break like that. So I knew it, like, he's not in it. Like, if there's a moment to beat him, then, you know, like, he has no confidence. Yeah. Yes, yeah, so no matches played. And I'm the complete opposite. I've now basically had a great run already and I have nothing to lose again. And then uh, during the match, I was also like, is this actually happening? Like, is this score, <laughs> is this score real? And then, yeah. But you I played saw, so well, though. You, I think you exploited his uh, sort of lack of mobility. You were just mixed up the whole shots. Well, did lots of good drop shots, played him around from left to right, and he didn't have any answers. So he just played yeah, a perfect that was, match. That was, yeah, pretty from my side, it was pretty pretty perfect because I felt like every time he, sh he like 
got up his level a bit, I was able to play like an amazing shot, which kept him down again <laughs> yeah. for the next couple of shots. And then when he came again, I was able to put it up again. And yeah, I mean, I mean, it was, it was I mean, you're standing so far back also to return, which gives me the time. And I, I mean, I have a fast arm. I know when I serve well and I can hit my big forehand and go to the net, keep the rally short, try to not give him a rhythm, attack his second serve. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I realize it's not easy for him to play either. And then, especially when you're up in the first set, you're up, you win the first set, and you get another break, you're up in the second as well. It's not easy to find in the match. And I mean, I was, yeah, I was very happy with that victory. Oh, it's very good. I mean, being uh, saying that sort of thing, I know we spoke about a lot uh, people standing very far back behind the baseline. Uh, I know that you were obviously a very powerful server. I'm a very big proponent of the big servers just dropping in those underarm serves. I love it. I absolutely have you ever thought of, have you ever thought of just adding that in? Because I have to stand so far back for people. I, like I think you. you had to ask the question, man. You couldn't help it, could you? I know. I couldn't help <laughs> no, it. I mean, it's not the thing is, I mean, it's not like I've practiced that. I feel like, I mean, it's, okay. it, it is a, it is an option. I'd say it is an option. If someone is standing really so far back, it's just, yeah, I somehow feel like if, look, if I hit my serve in the right place with the right speed, chances of me winning that point are very high. And I have yeah. honestly have enough experience making uh, with the underarm serve. Like the, the few experiences I now had in practice were not too good, but also because, uh, Underarm serve was not really good. <laughs> so, yeah. um, practice makes I mean, perfect. Yeah, at the end of the day, it's just like if, if I want to invest the time in that in practice to, I don't know, like 20 minutes a day just to doing that to see if I can put that in. Yeah, I mean, I'm something like, I mean, same thing with the saber on the return. That's also something that I didn't do in kids' field, but after all, in, in, on the challenger tournaments, I have put that in a couple of times and actually, yeah, it turned out in those games, I suddenly broke him at the end and turned out winning yeah. a match, maybe because of that just um yeah <laughs> wow that was a uh, it was super uh, well impressive against fanini the match against lopez i thought was just even more impressive still because this was a well a lopez who's been having a great season to be honest and he had a good 2020 uh, you saw him even take set off Rafa on the Dow like later in the year. Uh, so he's not playing well, badly. Lopez, he, he'd become better, hadn't he? Later on yeah. in the season for me. But so still you, to beat him is phenomenal, yeah. You pinned him to the baseline. And then when every time he came to the net, you seemed to be able to fire this backhand down the line. And it was just passing him. It was just the money shot. It was amazing. Yeah, let's yeah. also add both of these players in straight sets as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, it's, I mean, Lopez was basically also kind of a... Uh, um an idol for me the way he plays also tall lefty likes to come to <clears> the <throat> net so i i was always, i mean I've, i practiced with him once in geneva i think last year at the 250 and i thought like yeah i mean it's it's his serve is really big you know his slice is not yeah. really it's it's tough to deal with i mean there again that match i mean i i honestly i was feeling so good about my tennis obviously about the victory against against fonini uh, I just had so much confidence that I really felt like, look, I know I know I had a real game plan against him. Like I, I feel comfortable playing forehand cross court heavy against his forehand. Yeah. Don't have to be shy of that. Um, I'm going to try to attack his second serve. That's something which I just basically always do. And then like also during the match, see if I can then yeah see how it goes. And I, I'm sure like what what for sure also helped was just the higher bounds. I'd say that his slice is not so low. And then. Um, yeah, basically, I mean, I know how hard it is to play against people who you don't know, who you feel like you have to beat. But there yeah. again, like the, the basis is just my service games. I can, be, I'm able to win those, um, and then it also gives me more room on the return to take bigger risks. 
and when you're ahead it's somehow always easier to play and that was also in my match in both sets i make an early break and that just basically helps throughout the whole set and then yeah i mean towards the end obviously i was also very nervous but then yeah i'm happy that i could break him again and not have to serve it out you know but um yeah, I mean, he's just, he's an incredible player. Just what he's achieved with those, I think, uh, 62 Grand Slams in a row is just, yeah, but then again, it showed me, right. it showed me how much is possible, you know? Like, it's really motivating to see a guy like that, uh, the way he plays, and it's, yeah, I mean, it's, just, I mean, for sure, it's denial, because there's lots of things I also can learn from him, and... Definitely, I think so. I think well, yeah. this tournament in a whole, we've covered it from all angles. Yesterday, we had Yannick Hampfman on the podcast and he was the finalist of the tournament playing yeah. Kazmanovic. Unfortunately, you went out to Kazmanovic, but he was the eventual winner. So it's not too bad, but he's an up and coming player. What was it like playing him? That match was actually, um, was really tough. I felt like really tough because I don't know why, but I just felt like he's returning every single serve with yeah. a good length. And I didn't know him the way he plays. Yeah, like, really, I had no idea like the way he plays. And also, like the inputs I got before the match were like, guys, yeah, doesn't do anything special, but he just plays really well all round. Um, yeah, it was just kind of. I felt like I was always on the wrong foot. Like I didn't, I couldn't read his game at all. Like I had no, no idea what his favorite shots were, where he was going through. I felt like he was playing everything more or less. Like passing. He's really super well. consistent, and his overall game is brilliant. And he's only twenty one as well, so um, yeah. the future could be really big for him. But there, I mean, there again, I mean, I was not playing a good match from my side. But then I found a way in the second set, basically by playing serve volley nonstop to stay in the yep. match. And then suddenly had one one bad game and I was in the third. I was even up in the third set as well. But um, that was more of a, I mean, it was a painful loss just because I felt like I realized, yeah, I mean, a, lot of, a lot of it is possible. So to play Huntman uh, in the finals, obviously a 250 event would be huge. Yeah. And then... Um, yeah, but then again, I mean, uh, it was it was a weird match somehow because also I felt like he was actually serving well, but at the same time double faulting a lot, like taking big risks on second serves, which wasn't like giving me the opportunity to attack him because when they came, they were too fast to attack, so I just missed. But then he also double faulted a lot, so it was like, okay, what do I do? Do I play with my position? Now? Do I stand back? Do I try something else? And then I just thought, come on, you've been doing well this this week, just try and do the same thing again, reproduce it, yeah. and then yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, uh, I thought you played really well, considering he's such an awkward player and considering he's a player inside the top 50 as well. I think you gave a great account of yourself and considering you didn't even know you were going to be playing this tournament before uh, it even started. Oh, you got all the way to yeah. The funny thing is, it's similar to what Hampton said as well. He was saying when there's no pressure on you sometimes and he wasn't feeling particularly good, um, he, he just sometimes it brings out your best tennis. So it's interesting you and him both said similar things really regarding that. Yeah, no, I mean, it's something I think every player knows. That, like, I mean, it's just it's so much harder when you actually, I mean, you feel like before the match, you have to win the match. You feel like you, you're the better player, you have to win it. And then you just, yeah, it can be, if you're not loose, if you're, if you're a bit too tight sometimes, then, yeah, it makes stuff a lot harder. And if you have nothing to lose, then just, there's nothing really in the way of playing your best. But then, of course, you need a mixture, because at the end, <laughs> once you get better, like, something I think people, players, they learn to deal with that. And um, yeah, I mean, it's something that, yeah, one times if you play against first seed in the first round, yeah, it's not, it's not easy for both players. But then again, yeah, at one point in a draw, you have to beat them anyway. So Yeah, you do indeed. I mean, <clears throat> it's just, a, well, I think you just gave a great account of yourself. And uh, I think that the future is very bright. for. T if you've managed to do that in 2020, I think 2021, we could be seeing uh, 
maybe one step uh, closer, maybe getting to the final, maybe grabbing an ATP 250 possibly. Or even maybe breaking into the top 100. Like, how was, Is that a big goal of yours? Yeah, no, I mean, for sure. I mean, my first goal was just to be able to basically play a Grand Slam. Qualies was a big yeah. goal. And then when I achieved that, then, yeah, I mean, after kids, I was able to win two more challenger titles, which got me now to about 150 where I am. And it's still lots of points for to, be, to get in the top 100. But yeah, I mean, yeah. that's obviously the big goal that's now uh, ahead of me. I mean, I mean, it's 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 tough to say where you at the, at the end you end up, but I feel like, yeah, it's just the season has shown me that really a lot is possible. So um, I'm just very motivated about that. And then again, I also know it's it's tough, you know. I mean, all the players want to be there, and um, I already feel like if I would now if I'd be able to defend all the points that I made this year and stay 150, that actually also be quite a good achievement. I agree. Yeah. But then, um, yeah, because it's just a lot of points, you know. <laughs> feel oh, like, yeah, yeah, you've picked oh, up a lot, and it's gonna be it's gonna be a tough year to defend them all. But if you play in the exactly, same way you yeah. did this year, there's no reason why you can't. And maybe you could even add an ATP 250 to it as well. Um, yeah, I mean, but then again, I'm just happy if I get into an ATP 250 event. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I'm not sure what the cut for qualies are, but usually I think with 150 you're around around okay. there. Yeah, <laughs> so, yeah. I'm not even I, sure if I get playing one again, but then, uh, yeah, no, you, I mean, Grand Slam's obviously very motivating because I just know you can play yeah. three challenger players and then you're in the main draw and then you have a good run there. I mean, you've seen it in, with Sebastian yeah. Corda, for example. I mean, he's just exactly. yeah, able to run through it and now he's, I think, 120, 110 and he's really not far off of the top 100. And that sort yeah. of ties in nicely. Oh, yeah, sorry. If you're gonna say, I've gone bad. I was going to say that sort of tied in nicely because you were mentioning uh, Sebastian Corda there. Actually, somebody that you beat... In uh, Sibiu in Romania, when you won there, which uh, that's still an I, I amazing in Munich. It was in, in Munich where I played against him on carpet in East oh, okay. the Challenger, yeah. yeah. And di- didn't uh, when was that one that you played him on carpet? Oh, it, sorry, in Ismaing. Sorry, yeah, apologies. Exactly. I've got the mix, I've got them mixed up. The uh, two that you yeah, won, no yeah, in, in Ismaing, you won, yeah, and that was 6 4 6 4 against Corda, which is a very, very good. He's had an incredible year as well. I mean, got to remember, he obviously did so well in the French Open. He uh, nearly did well against Rusevori, but Rusevori had that amazing 15 point comeback against him. Ah, yeah. oh, so unfortunate. I felt bad for him in that, and he looked really disappointed. Yeah. But to take him out in that fashion, six four six four. Uh, what was that match like? Because he's obviously a really a highly touted young player as well. Yeah, I mean that match. I mean, it was on carpet, which is of course not many tournaments have been played on carpet, and that tournament in his morning is is a spe- special tournament because it's really really fast, and it's it's basically really just serve return and first shot, and then the point is usually over. Okay. Yeah. And I mean. I remember that match. It was it was actually it was kind of weird because I didn't feel like I was I was playing really well, but I was just able to win all the important points somehow. Like I remember, like also saving break points of an ace out wide of a second, you know, and stuff like that. And then just a couple break challenges that I had, I just used them, and I was able to hold my serve throughout the whole match. But I think I feel like I had like ten break points against me, and he had probably like two or three. And I was just able to make him, and he not. And at the end, it was six four six four. <laughs> which is yeah i mean two weeks later i had the same thing against me against ivoshka i lose six four six four and i was actually like 
didn't do much wrong, but I just won the wrong points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, uh-huh. with tennis, it can happen. It's such fine margins. But uh, them two tournaments you did, what was it, in the space of two months, really? Yeah. Uh, well, in the space of a month, really, which was all very close together. And you beat some really good players. Obviously, the first one in, in Romania, uh, Miedla, Ortega Almeida, Borna Gojo, Gomez Herrera, and Echeverri in the final. And you bageled <laughs> it with the second set. <laughs> Yes. Would you, would you say clay's your is clay your favorite surface? Uh, yeah, that's actually that's a tough question. I mean, uh, I grew up on clay in Switzerland, and yeah. I've made my best results on clay. But yeah. I would now not consider myself a clay court player at all. Okay. I'd say if the clay court is is like a bit of altitude, it's a bit faster. Like I won my first challenger in Mexico and in San Luis Potosi. That was also on clay, but like in two thousand meters. Um, for sure, I feel like clay altitude is probably there where I've been able. To play my best tennis, also in Stad, like in Switzerland, the 250 event, I was able to play a Malgro there. Um, but then again, I, f- I feel like I can play on, on carpet. It's also, something you know, my service on carpet is way more yeah. tough to deal with. Uh, grass, I've not played that much, but I feel like grass is also something that I'm able to adapt my game for that. Um, with this carpet, carpet, sorry, sorry to just interrupt. With carpet, I know this is an unfamiliar surface for a lot of people. What what type of surface is this uh, that you would be playing on? Just for there's uh, viewers like watching who might not know this surface. Well, basically, it's it's like a carpet you have at home. Really, it's it's a carpet where, yeah, I mean sometimes they have like these small uh, grains on the carpet. Some carpets have none at all, and if they have a lot of them, then it also can be slippery. But just oh. the bounce is really really low. The bounce is like there's no bounce basically it's like the slice just goes through it's similar to grass in, in that pers- perspective also because of the return you just have no time you have no time to swing yeah. you only have you can block and but then again it's, it's it's so fast that it's like if you hit a good return it's tough to deal with the return as well they're usually quick matches right <laughs> matches don't last long usually unless usually the matches they can last long as a funny part, but not because the rallies are long, but just because the score is long. Yeah. yeah. Like I my first round in his morning was against Dustin. Yeah. And we played, not played too long, but we played a 7 6 in the third. And it was, I think, it was over, also over two hours. Oh, just wow. because, like, we didn't, yeah, we just held serve. Yeah. Like, just under two hours. Yeah. Serve, and then, yeah, it, just, it still takes time for the match to go through. Like on clay, you might, yeah, have a 6 2 6 2 in an hour, which is on carpet, <laughs> like, say, Obviously, if you play well on carpet and you and you bagel the guy, it could be done in half an hour. But usually, that's not the case because you cannot break the guy non-stop because it's just still tough to return. <laughs> yeah, it seems yeah like another long match he had was two hours twenty there as well. I'm just saying yeah. against Van der Slot, uh, another young. He's a young uh, Dutch player, very good player. I'm sure you're gonna have a lot of battles with him in the upcoming years in, in the finals against. Yeah, 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 that was yeah. The, there again, I think it was six, seven, seven, six. six. Seven, yeah, six, six, seven, seven, five. six, seven, five, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like almost three tie breaks. Yeah, a match that's also like really I've tight, watched... like a couple of points to decide the set and then the match. So yeah, I watched uh, that whole match actually, and uh, I just thought this is going to be a real interesting match between you two because you've got <laughs> quite similar styles in a way because you're both massive servers, and it was just quite interesting. It was a lot uh, just dominated by the serves really, and you can see by the scoreline. But uh, yeah. when you got into that uh, final set, I think you just managed to just break him somehow. Uh, just I think it was what just was it uh, just five all? I think you broke him, and then uh, five all. I broke him. Yeah, 
Remember yeah, that? and yeah, just incredible uh, performance, really. I was backing you. Determination. I was backing you. I was like, I reckon he can dig this one out. But uh, it was a very touch and go that match. It could have gone either way, really. Yeah, no, no, for sure. I mean, that's that's, that's the thing about tennis that sometimes it's really close to each other. And something that really I did well this season, I was able to win almost all of the tight matches. I think I had like a tiebreak record of fourteen to two at oh. one point. So just every tiebreak I ended up winning, which <laughs> obviously so helps. Good. Then you know, winning those tight matches and. I also asked myself, like, what, what is the reason exactly? What am I doing in these moments that I end up winning? And it just, it feels like that just in that, in those moments, I'm not scared to, to play aggressive. And then when I play aggressive, I have the biggest chance of winning. Like, yeah, yeah, a bit yeah, like a Novak like, Djokovic, the challenger version of Novak Djokovic, winning all the time, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it's, it's funny sometimes that like, it's just a bit of confidence can, can change the outcome. And then obviously when you've won, four or five matches, tight matches, you feel like, well, okay, at one point, you're also going to lose a tight match. But then when you're in that tight match, you feel like, you, you know, you, you you know how to deal with it. So just like, yeah, I'm fine with that, you know. <laughs> well, some another lesser, that sort of ties in nicely. I just wanted to touch on another tournament, which was obviously in Sofia, with a very, very tight match at the end with Basilas Billy, in which he had the match points against you. I think it was two match points, did he have? Yeah. And you managed to hold him off and then came back and then managed to win the match in the tiebreak. Uh, well, but how was how were you feeling at the end of that match? I mean, it must have been very, very nervy. I was watching it, but it's hard to know what's going through your mind during those times. Yeah, no, that was... There again, I mean, the preparation to that tournament was non-existent because I remember <laughs> I was, on Friday I was playing quarters in Germany in Eckenthal against Ivoshka and doubles in semis. Ended up losing both on Friday. And then I felt like, okay, what am I going to do now? I'm, I'm in in Sofia. I could go. And then I called the supervisor. said, yeah, there's a flight tomorrow. I could take it and then play the same day, first round qualies. And ended up doing it, just saying, okay, last round of the season, you know, just see what's possible. And then um, I won my first round of qualies, lost in the second. And then I, there were two lucky loser spots and three players. And right wow. after the match I lost, I, I chose the other two players. So I was feeling kind of down. <laughs> uh. And then, <laughs> yeah, on the next day, I said, okay, I'm going to sign. I'm going to sign in anyway. You know, you never know. Some of my pull out. And then, yeah, it's like 11 in the morning. I got a call saying, yeah, Travaldia is pulling out. So I'm playing against Vosilashvili at 12. Luckily, I'd warmed up with, with Sinner in the same morning. <laughs> and then, yeah, I was ready to play. And, and that match was there again, very special because the first set I completely blew him off the court. Um, played really well. I mean, he was. I mean, he was not in the game at all. And there again, I, I saw that he had not won a match since the break. So I felt like, okay, I mean, yeah. he has no confidence, like zero. So yeah. I really have something to win today. And then, yeah, I, I, I didn't try to think too much in that match as well. I mean, when you have match point down, you know, you just you're trying to wing it somehow. I remember I played serve all. I think over second serve there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it could have gone either way there as well. And I mean, in the in the, in the tie break. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's not a very tough match. <laughs> Ended up winning, and yes, yeah. I will give some credit to Bastian Billy to be honest because he's had a terrible year. He's not played very well. He's had a lot of stuff going on, um, but for him, like he did, he from, he played a lot better in this match. Like he raised his game quite a bit, and it was very close. And in theory, he could he could have won it, but you just showed so much grit and determination. Yet again, it's sort of been the story of twenty twenty, just yeah. getting it over the line. Somehow, somehow, trying to finish the match, yeah, just win the last point. Um, 
yeah no i mean it's it's Since it's funny sometimes how that can turn out and i mean i felt like i mean he was getting stronger and stronger the longer the match went and outside chances in the second set to break him didn't use it and then yeah and suddenly i was in the third set but like that's ah, that's yeah, tough you know i feel like he's he's in the game now and yeah yeah but then again you know it's just one point it's was one yeah. of well, somebody has to win the match someone has to lose it and it's not going to be the last time i win or lose a tight match have... match points against me do you ever feel bad for your opponent when there's somebody like him who had lost 12 in a row and you're thinking, oh, no, I've just inflicted another one <laughs> <laughs> on him? Or do you just go to the next round and don't think about it? Well, no, I mean, it's it also depends who exactly. I mean, obviously, my, my friends on tour are usually like around the challenger level. I do feel with them, but then on that day when you play against them, your opponents and you have to look out for yourself. And it's not like I don't know how it is to have a losing streak. Like I also had that before. I've also had six match points for me, and then I, I lost the match. So at the end, it's it's part of the game. And usually, I mean, yeah, I mean players know how to deal with that. And um, yeah, at the end, it's just like it's a match, and the next match goes on. You know, like obviously, if, yeah. if the opponent injures himself, that sucks. <laughs> and yeah you're not happy for that you know you, you may be happy you won the match but just not the way you did so yeah i mean that's just something that i think uh yeah every player basically thinks that way like yeah well regardless of that you yeah. won that one then you're in the hat to the next round and i feel like we have to talk about this guy because i don't think we've ever had a podcast without mentioning his name and that's <laughs> the annex you know everyone in our chat usually we do podcasts live me and ben and we've always got people talking about sinner uh yeah. what's he gonna do next year can he win a Grand Slam? Will he qual- will he breach top ten next year? There's so much pressure on this guy, and uh, it's a good reason for it. To be fair, because he is a phenomenal talent at such a young age as well. He carries so much maturity. Um, what was your experience playing him? Um, I honestly that match I felt like a lot more would have been possible. Um, it was at the end. It was a clean result: four six four six two times one break. You held a very good account of yourself though. Very close. Yeah, yeah. I just I felt like I had chances in both sets at the beginning to maybe look have a look at a break, but then just playing actually a stupid game in both sets. I think at four three, like mm. five four, a bit of a bit of, a bit of nowhere. But there again, I felt like sometimes he just su- surprised me. Like I felt like I had the upper hand in the rally. Like I was hitting a big shot, and then out of nowhere, I just got a winner. And I just felt like okay, it's actually it's weird because, yeah, I felt like I was the one dictating the point, and then he just says no. And then I mean, his obvious <laughs> service, obviously, is just also pretty tough to deal with. And yeah, I mean, he has lots of lots of aspects to his game, which I mean, he also still can improve, which is actually even more taunting. Scary. That is like, um, yeah, I mean, there's nothing he can't do. Like he can volley, yeah. he can move well, he can return well, he can serve well. His backhand is great, front is great. His his mental game is great as well. I mean, obviously, he's young and motivated to do well so um it's for sure very interesting i mean i remember i watched a match against he played against rafa in uh, in paris yeah yeah i was very interested to see there and i also thought like well the first set he has to win the first set yeah i agree he's, yeah he's a better player and then if he wins the match it's a different story but the first set he has to win you know but then you see i mean you play against rafa on a, on a center court in paris yeah, yeah, but there's still not many people who can say they've played a better set. I know you didn't he didn't win that set however he was phenomenal in that first set and very unlucky yeah, not sure. to win it for sure, yeah, and that's why I think, like, yeah, I, mean, I think everyone is very interested to see how he will, uh, how he will develop next year. And it was obviously it was so a big, big match for me to be able to play against a guy like him, who's yeah, who's like really growing so fast. And 
also seeing there again that yeah it's it's a it's a match that's that's tight you know we both have our problems in a match and it's not easy for for either of us and then um i mean obviously i went up winning a tournament which is huge yeah. and um yeah i'm for sure this is he's going to be a great player but then maybe he'll need some time maybe he'll do it right away that's that yeah, we'll see yeah exactly he's just broken <clears throat> well he's obviously uh in the top 50 obviously he's up to number 37 in the world now uh He's probably going to be setting his sights on maybe the ATP Tour Finals or something crazy like that next year if he can continue in that vein. But what we yeah, want to know is, what is your goal? What what's your main goal that you're going to set yourself for 2021? Um, on one, one hand, obviously stay healthy, injury free. Yep. <laughs> yeah. the, the head is like the most important thing, basically. But um. Yeah, I mean, I mean, for me, I'd say now, after the season that I've had, like, there's no reason not to aim high. That's why I'm saying now I, I want to go for a top 100. I want to qualify for a Grand Slam. I want to, yeah, I mean, challenger titles. I mean, it's tough to say how many challengers I'll be playing. They can change so fast. Like, if you start off well in January, I might only be playing ATVs. But then on the other hand, if I don't do well, I'll be playing challengers the whole year. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's for sure. Like, one big goal is to... to Basically, yeah, for one for one hand, confirm my ranking and then, yeah, aim higher. And then uh, same thing in doubles. I mean, I'm actually, I'm, I like to play doubles a lot. I enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. It's, just, it's not easy to play both at the same time at 100%. But there again, I mean, I know in doubles as well how much is possible. And like I'd always say, like, the goal for next year would be that to get my doubles ranking high enough so I'm able to play 250 events in the main draw and qualities of singles. But then, yeah, for that, I'd obviously need lots and lots of points in doubles because... Those guys also, they yeah. play well. Yeah, you won. You won a uh, title in uh, Hamburg, didn't you, in October, which was uh, in doubles with uh, Ka- with Camille. Is it Mazrak? Is that yeah, how you pronounce yeah. it? Yeah, yeah. And you beat one of our uh, British guys in the final, uh, Lloyd Glasspool. He was playing yeah, with Alex. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I mean, doubles is something I've always um, liked to play, and I think also, I mean, I, I won my challenger. First challenge, I think, like in two eighteen, yeah, of the qualies, and then I got a wild card in Basel, and I played with my same with my guy from Holland, Sam Verbeek, and we ended, we ended up got a wild card. We beat uh, Cla- uh, Clausen and Venus, and they were at the moment they were number three, so we felt oh. like well, okay, in doubles, lots of a lot is possible, and then also in Star the two semis two fifty, and then I was able, I think, to win. I played a couple final challengers as well. So in doubles, I always felt like. Yeah, if I if I were now play 100% doubles every week, I would be able to get my ranking up pretty fast. But that's just yeah, it's not as you cannot do both at the same time. Like they usually correspond, and giving up singles the week after just to play doubles is then yeah, it also hurts. You know, it hurts your singles ranking. And now I'm at the point where my singles ranking is higher than my doubles ranking. So <laughs> I'm just going to be using that to play doubles in the weeks that I can, and hopefully get my doubles ranking up again. And then uh, maybe with a good week in ATP, then be able to crack the the top hundred or top, yeah, just so I can play good events again in doubles as well. Yeah, sounds brilliant. Sounds like you got some really good goals for twenty twenty one. I wish you the best of luck with all of them. Uh, just the final question we've got for you, really, and that is, who is your favorite player to watch on tour? Um, I'd say Roger, because <laughs> I feel like the way he is able to also change his game and also like at his age. To come up with ways to win a match is just 
yeah, it's just simply incredible. I mean, uh, just so many things that he does well and that other people, like, it makes it look so easy. And then, I mean, there were so many good matches that I've seen him play. Also in doubles, for example, out of nowhere. And Davis can remember that when he played doubles with Stan. Yeah. Like, wow, it's, it's, they play incredible and Stan the same thing. I mean, the way he can play doubles is just... Didn't know that was possible, you know? And then <laughs> it's just... Uh, yeah. Tennis, tennis brain is very... Their tennis yeah. IQ is so high, isn't it? So they're able to adapt their games just crazy. Yeah, it's really, and it's the way they start a match, the way they really go through it, like the, the shot selection, the the way also, I mean, something which I really feel is something I also have to improve on is my return game, just the amount of returns the top players bring back on great serves. It's just so high. I feel like, yeah. How, do, how are they doing that? I mean, there's just, yeah, I mean, I feel like I watch Novak play, it's just every single return comes back. Yeah, it's almost daunting to play against them. Like, how would it be if I played against them? <laughs> I have to find a way to get my returns back, or else it's going to be tough. Do you think that that's where, on the, for those type of players, do you think you have to incorporate a bit more uh, serve volley and just get into that net, try and finish the points quick? <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's basically always a line that I know I play against the better the player, the more aggressive I will have to play to yeah. win. So. Yeah, I mean, I know the way I beat these guys, at least now up to number 12, I know it's possible. So, yeah, I have to focus on my game, you know, and I also know they're going to be weeks where it's not going to go well because it's just like a fi it's a fine margin uh, when you play this aggressive that things can go wrong pretty quick, especially if you're not feeling too well. The other guy hits some good, good shots and you suddenly break down and you start thinking and not going to be easy. But on the whole, like, I feel like the weeks where I play well, I really have to play really well to make those worse. Yeah, definitely. Totally agree. Right, well, I think that we've, uh, well, had you for quite a long time here, uh, Mac. What we were going to say is we want to now play with you uh, the game that we're going to play with every guest that we have on the uh, Game to Love podcast, yeah. which is our new game, which is called Shot Clock. Uh and I'll just quickly explain the rules to you. All it is, is we're just going to be giving you a couple of things to choose from, really. It's just a quick fire thing. And then you just tell us one or the other, or it'll just be a question and just think of something that comes to your mind first. And that's okay. pretty so simple. It's going to be answer quick. Yeah. Yeah. As quick as you can. I mean, if you don't want to answer, just say pass. Yeah. You can pass on anything. Don't feel pressure to answer anything. We don't want to put you in any trouble. Just do answer whatever you feel comfortable with. Exactly. So Great. we're going to put Mac Hessler through the shot clock. Time. Right. So I'm going to start us off. Here we go. Backhand, single or double-handed? Double-handed. Wilson or head? Wilson. Cats or dogs? Cats. Skiing or snowboarding? Skiing. Cheese or chocolate? Chocolate. Top spin or slice? Top spin. Underarm serve. Good or bad? Good. Something you can't do? Sing. Play <laughs> PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Young boys or Basel? 
Basel. Your favorite surface? Oh, that's a tough one now. Here we go. Clay, altitude only. <laughs> <laughs> you have to choose one. John is the serve on the Dow's forehand. Uh, is there a serve? Something that scares you. Um. <laughs> Oh, that's a tough one, actually. What am I scared of? <laughs> He's not scared. Um, <laughs> He's fearless. <laughs> Maybe Johnny's the serve. <laughs> Johnny's the serve. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, I've lost my arm now. Favourite Grand Slam? Um, I'd say Wimbledon. Hey, everyone says Wimbledon. <laughs> yeah, no, pretty sure. I mean, I, just, I haven't played on grass enough to know how my grass court game is, but I feel like Wimbledon would be, yeah, would be the best one to win. Nice. iPhone or Samsung? iPhone. Starter or dessert? Dessert. Line judges or technology? Um, line judges. The first thing which comes into your mind. Food. Let's get into that time of the day. You usually uh, get chocolate. Yeah. Uh, holidays, relaxing or adventure? Relaxing. If you had a superpower, what would it be? Um, read minds. Who is the goat? Roger. Ah, that's the thing. <laughs> hey, hey. There you that's... go. Time. Well done, you've got through it. You've managed to do the shot clock. How was it for you? Good. Good. Wasn't too tough. Yeah. No, actually, I was I'm still thinking of what I'm scared of, actually. Oh, <laughs> I'm in fear at the moment. <laughs> I'm impressed that there wasn't anything that just came to mind. A fearless man. Uh, I, I, I threw that one in there as a new one today. I was like, I didn't think that that was going to uh, catch you out. But uh, yeah, the fearless uh, Mac Wessler on tour in 2021. That's it. No, he's not scared of anyone on the tour. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, and we'll let you get some food. It looks like you're hungry as well. <laughs> we really appreciate having you on the podcast you've been an absolutely fantastic guest uh we love watching you play this year and we can't wait to see you play next year and hopefully we can come to a, a challenger tour or even an atp tour match yeah, and sure. come watch great, you play. Yeah. yeah come you watch you live yeah we'll be cheering you on in the stands hopefully one day uh all the best with australia if it goes ahead if we're in australia that'd be great see you there as well and uh, yeah, thanks for coming on the podcast. Hopefully you've enjoyed it. Yeah, for sure. It's <laughs> great. Thanks for the invitation. Cheers. No worries. We'll, we'll speak to you soon. Yeah, thanks a lot. Take care, mate. Okay. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. Ch -ch 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 -chum 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, over prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.